Welcome back to another episode of D Sweet Nation. I am Dan Hutchinson, Mr. Ray Asensio. Uh, before we get into the intro today, Ray, there was something you wanted to say. What, what do you got on your mind? Yeah, I want to dedicate today's show to the the house explosion, to the people that the kids that died and the people that were injured and anybody affected. So I just want to, if we could just remove our hats and do, do a little 10 second moment of silence before we get started. Okay. Okay, thanks guys. All right. Yeah, thoughts and uh prayers go out to the family that was affected by the house explosion. All right. Today is the big day, Ray. Yeah, kind of. The one hundred and seventeenth back on if you want. meeting. <laughs> it this way. Oh, okay. <laughs> the 117th <laughs> meeting of Michigan and Ohio State, uh, number two ranked Ohio State, and number five ranked Michigan. Uh, and with us today, we have a very honored guest, the first ever guest of the D-Suite Nation podcast. Yep. Two years For, ago. Greater Flint Sports Hall of Famer. Former Central Michigan football alum. Or, I always say that. Central, Flint Central High School. Damn it. Former Flint Central High School alum. Former Michigan Wolverine. Former New York Giant, Mr. Andre Weathers. Welcome Thank back, Thank Andre. You, Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you here today. Dre, Dre and I coincidentally ran into each other at the bar the day before uh, Thanksgiving. And I was like, Dre. And he was like. Hey, who's <laughs> that bald-headed motherfucker? <laughs> and I was like, man, come join us for the show on Saturday. And he was like, okay. We were, we were both surprised you weren't going to be at the game today, but uh, we're glad you weren't because you could join us today. It's too cold. Too cold. <laughs> too cold. My body, my body is affected by the cold now. Here's something funny, man. The last time we seen him on our show on camera, not not the when we had him as a guest, but it was the day we have Fred Jackson at yeah. Sharkies, was it? Yep, at Sharkies. <laughs> I had to look at the the clip again when when I said Drake, over here and say something. I thought that he said what he said was stay blessed. I thought that he said, stay black. <laughs> but he says, stay blessed. Stay blessed. Stay blessed. Dre, how you doing? What's been going on with you, man? Uh, not much. Not much. Not much? Not much. Just staying low-key under the radar. Okay. How's the, uh, how'd the, uh, the football season go? Um, we were very young. I mean, uh, we were excited to actually play a year because uh, we were mm-hmm. out last year. So yep. um, that was a good thing. Um we were young, however. I think uh, this team, I probably had juniors and seniors less than 10. Wow. And we had 40 kids come out. Okay. Okay. After For, 30 youngsters. That's awesome. What, what were you, how'd you guys finish? Uh, we finished two and six. Okay. Yep. So got some work to do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Weathers is the uh, head football coach at uh, Flint High School, Flint Jaguars. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the game, man. Let's what? get down. Let's get down to business, I, because I don't even know where to start with the Michigan. I'm not, and I'm not going to talk smack about Ohio State today. This is going to, at least, I'm going to start off, you know, being respectful about the rivalry. Um, Did you just say start out? Yeah. Okay. That that's always subject to change. You know, <laughs> I, I can't help it. Um, 
What do we got to do to stop that quick slant? Because I, I don't want to get quick slanted to death again today. What, what do we got to do to stop that? Well, the defense. Or not, not stop it, but. Slow it down. Uh, slow down a little bit. Well, the defense is different. It, it's not the same. The corners play a little differently now. So I, I, I anticipate that that's not going to be our downfall today. Okay. okay. You like uh, Mike McDonald, our defensive coordinator? Uh, he brings a different edge to the game, to our defensive uh, uh, prowess, so to speak. So, yeah, I like him. What do we got to do to end the streak, man? (laughs) We're on an eight-game losing streak. We've lost 17 to 19. I told Dan a little while ago, (laughs) according to the pattern in the last 20 years, we beat them once every 10 years. So if that stays the same, then we should win today. We do. Well, I mean, it's the 10th year. It's the 10th year. It's our time to win. Then we'll lose. (laughs) (laughs) I think Dre said it best. I don't want to steal his words, but he said it best before we got started today. Michigan has to play. They have to play their best game in all phases of the game. Yep. 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 They can't, we can't have a game like we've seen kind of throughout the year where either the first or the second half, you know, the first half we start out slow and then they explode in the second half or like, like against Sparty, we, we blew up in the first half, but second half it, we were, it, I mean, we yeah. just, we didn't come out at halftime. Four quarter game. We have to play a four quarter game. I'm a little nervous, man. Not nervous like we're going to lose, just uh, anxiety. Like, I feel like I'm playing today. You're ready for the game. Like, any any game that I play, rather I'm playing two-on-two in my driveway, yeah. uh, billiards, bowling, whatever. I'm always got jitters before the tip or before that first hit. And uh, I got that going on right now. So. I do, too. I do, too. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need Dan's help today. I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> at a loss right now. Hey, I, I'm nervous about the game, too. Uh, I'm not nervous about the game like we're going to lose. I would, be, I would feel this way if I was on the Ohio State side, too. Any time in a big game, because I, I always feel like I'm in the game. I'm not one of those Michigan guys. I, God, I hate people like this. I'm going to start putting names out there if I keep hearing this bullshit. I fucking hate this. Ah, we ain't gonna win. We lose them every year. Well, I think Ohio State's gonna win, but I hope I'm right. I fucking hate cocksuckers like that. Yep. Fair weather I, fans. Fair weather fans. Or just okay. defeated fans, right? Every every well, year. Think about fair this. Think weather. about this. Okay, you got kids, right? Yeah. If if your kid, let's just we'll use Danny for example. This is just an example. Uh, let's say she was going to volleyball camp. Okay, and. <laughs> She's got a volleyball tournament next week. You and you know that she ain't no good. She sucks. You know that in your head, but you ain't gonna tell her that. No. Hey, you gonna bet? Yeah, give it the best. You had a good practice. That's how I am with my players, man. It ain't like you and Steve get on my case about my heart. You know, yo, he Ray talks with his heart. It ain't with my heart. I always feel like I'm gonna win. If you if you whoop my ass in a fist fight eleven times in a row, I believe that the because we're, we're gonna go until I win. You ain't gonna just beat my ass and that's it. Yeah. We ain't done until I win. Okay? So that 12th time, I feel like I'm going to lick this sucker this time. You better believe that shit. Yeah. I mean, instead of <laughs> instead of every year getting it's getting accustomed, yeah. accustomed to losing, mm-hmm. like the, the attitude I have is every year, no matter how good or how bad Michigan is, you always got to go into that game thinking this is the year that we're going to beat them. Because you can beat them in any given year, right? Yep, With the yep. rivalry have shown that, right? I think it's we're only seven games up on them right now, right? I uh, believe, yeah, I yeah. believe so. Um, so, it, yeah, yeah, I can't stand those fans either. Every year you got to go in thinking this is the year we're going to beat them, and this year, realistically for Michigan, this is the 
this is the be- the year that they re- actually do have a shot. I feel yeah. this this Michigan team has been a different team all year. They've they've been coached different. They've played different. And I know Ohio State is who they are, but this isn't this is going to be a, a blowout game like we against well, like we saw against Sparty. I like our speed. What do you th- what do you think of our speed uh, around the edges there, Drake? The speed has always been there. The misconception about Big Ten football, Michigan football, is that we're not fast. We are fast. We just don't show it all the time right. because of the way we play. So speed won't be a question. Hutchinson and uh, Ajabo, they have to get to the quarterback today, and I believe that they will. Yeah, I heard that Stroud had a like a flu bug or something like that. I don't know what's going on with that, but we got to rattle that guy. Coleridge Stroud is his real name. The crowd, the whole my buddy Marty said, I'm not going to steal my buddy Marty's shine. He's the one who said this. The crowd needs to be chanting his name the entire game. <laughs> Coleridge, his name is Coleridge, yep. Coleridge Stroud. Yep. Because if he was playing at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Like, if he was playing for North Carolina's basketball team, play, oh, yeah. they would be calling him Coleridge the entire time. Oh, yeah. Or even Sparty's Izzone. They do that stuff, too. Remember yeah. they said Crack House and Jalen Rose? and Yep, those dookies will, will find your weakness, and they'll change Call that motherfucker Coleridge the entire game. There's a reason why he goes by CJ. Coleridge, Coleridge is his name? Coleridge. C-O-L-E-R-I-D-G-E. What's the movie? What's the movie? Uh, Coleridge was the, uh, the writer. What's the movie? This movie, Col- Cisco and Ebert Col- right here. Coleridge. No. Coleridge? Coal Miner's Daughter? Movie. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to think of it later. Okay. <laughs> Look that up, Ryan. Get the, only, that. the only movie that came to my mind that with Ridge in it is Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood, but I know that's not what he's yeah. talking about. No, but yeah, uh, Hutchinson and Ijabu uh, have to uh, put pressure on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. They've got to contain him, um, and we've got to stop the run game. We got to shut down. Henderson's the run game. a monster. We got to try to make him one dimensional. Um, we can't have a game where it's a death by a thousand cuts. We got to slow it down. We got to slow the tempo down because I don't think we have the offense to keep up with them in like a 50 50 shootout, you know, 50 points, you know. Oh, we show we can score that. We can. We can. We, can. we have the season, but against a, an offense like Ohio State, I don't know that we could survive if we start getting into a shootout, you know. Well, I mean, even even so, you, we may not be able to survive a shootout, but as long as we can match their intensity, match their level, match their scoring, mm-hmm. it puts us in a position to win the game in the end. Yeah. And that's all we want is a chance at the end. Yep. I think if they keep it to if – we, if we slow the game down and if the game is a, a game where points are hard, tough to come by, mm-hmm. Michigan has shown this season that they, they're able to come up with big clutch plays and big moments – um, that they can uh, grab an opportunity. Now against you know Michigan State, we didn't do that. The second half, we kind of let yeah. you know yeah. get, let our foot off the gas, and then we didn't get that big break at the end. But I, I think if we can do that and slow the game down and take take uh, advantage of big opportunities, I think we got a shot. Yeah, Dre, let me ask you this. I know we asked you this a couple of years ago. Now you you played in this game four times, right? Mm-hmm. Now. At a time like now, it's almost ten thirty. We're an hour or hour and a half before kickoff. What what used to go through your mind like a couple hours before the game? The Ohio, Ohio State game I'm talking about. What goes through your mind? This is a different game. This ain't like every other game <laughs> because you're the only one that at this table that would have the appreciation of what it's like to go into that game. And I this is the Michigan Ohio State game. This is bigger than any game in the country. What what goes to your head? Well, my head. 
Yeah, I'm a little different than most. Um, what's going through my head is I'm, I'm 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 trying to get ready for the game, trying to prepare. Yeah. Um. So I'm a jazz guy. Everybody else is listening to that music to get hyped, geeked, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But me, I'm listening to jazz to calm me too. down because of the excitement. The butterflies are building up. And it's not because I'm nervous or I'm scared. Oh, I know. It's because I'm trying to make sure I am prepared to do all the things I need to do to help us win this football game. Because at the end of the day, it's Michigan. And we want to play well. We want to perform well. And it's not just us. It's you guys and all the fans that are watching the game. So me personally, these are those butterflies that's popping up until that first hit and how the game's going to go. Yeah, that's when they all disappear. But now it's time to unleash all that preparation, all that time you put in, all that work, because at the end of the day, the whole season is built up towards this. So as a player, I know coaches, they they say they talk all the coach talk and they give their pep talks and stuff like that. But as a player, have you ever been in the locker room on this day for this game? And, and seeing a fellow teammate that maybe wasn't in the right headspace, whether it was nerves or too amped up or not amped up enough, have you ever seen that? And have you ever, you know, what do you do to deal with a teammate like that? What, what do you say to him to help him out? Well, you know, you know there's guys that, that uh, you have those young guys that are playing in this game for the first time or, or who really don't even understand what that rivalry means. Um, when they step out on the field <laughs> – you can throw out everything. Everybody gets called out. So it's time for you to step up. If you're not, if you don't feel like playing, go ahead and sit over there. We'll next up, next up. So um, this is a game that, you know, players, I'm not going to say they're tough on each other, but it's time for you to show up. So all that preparation, it's not the fact you can't do it. Sometimes the moment is too overwhelming for some guys. And it takes you a year, maybe two years to get used to it. But when you step out here on this field, you leave that on the sideline once you cross that field. So it's time to play. So if, so if Andre Weathers was in that locker room today, <laughs> what are you saying to a guy like Donovan Edwards, who is a, a true freshman playing in this game for the first time? Does, does he understand what this game means? And, and what are you saying to him to get him in the right frame of mind? Simply put, welcome, youngin. Okay. Welcome, welcome to Michigan. Welcome to the Michigan Ohio rivalry. <laughs> hey, you're not a freshman anymore once you cross that line. Let's let's talk a little history back then, because I, I still remember a lot of things back then. You gotta remember, Dan, in ninety five and in ninety six, this is before we won the national title. Ninety five, ninety six, they busted their undefeated Ohio State's undefeated season yep, both of those years. Right. Yeah. In yep. in ninety five, um, I believe Michigan was Seven and three going into the Ohio State game, they were ten and zero. And Bianca Patuca—that's when Bianca Patuca went off. Bianca Patuca. Um, that to this day, when I still watch that, that's unreal. And then the following year, the Buckeyes were eleven and zero in Columbus, and we were probably in the same probably boat as the. They beat them again, and then it was supposed to be our turn next year. We were undefeated, and they thought they were going to come to our house and bust our ass. David Boston talking all that nonsense. Uh, I'm going to get to David Boston in a minute because I, I was look. I still have my Sports Illustrated with uh, that. Take that. No, we're going to get into that right now. <laughs> Marcus Ray, one of my favorite, one of my favorite all time players. Marcus Ray. Uh, I love. I like to. I love his tenacity. I, I just like the way he played the game. He's kind of like a. He's like a 
like a, like a James Harrison mentality for Steelers. You know, you yeah. have that kind of mentality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can back it up, too. I never forget. Man, I, my favorite memory of Marcus Ray. After we beat Penn State. I'll never forget this shit, man. Players were, you know, celebrating, you know, whatever. And then uh, one of the reporters, you know, just grabbed Marcus real quick. Hey, Marcus, you know, congratulations on, you know, victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was a premise of him saying this. He said, I told y'all all week. I said, we're going to come in. He didn't swear. He said, I I said, we're going to bust their button. We got here. We came here. We do. We said we're going to do. We're Michigan and they're Penn State. He said, do I need to say anything else? Are we done here? She said, we're done here. He said, all right, bye. That's a classic. <laughs> yeah. That's that, classic I love him, man. Marcus Ray. Classic Marcus And then the David, David Boston, you know, we all know about him uh, when he was being recruited. He knew he wasn't coming to Michigan, but he came and visited our campus anyway and told somebody, I ain't coming here. I'm a, you know, I'm, when I play Marcus for the Buckeyes, Ray. I'm going to bust he, their ass. He told Marcus Ray that. Told Mar- oh, he told that directly to Marcus? Yep. So, so the receipt Boston got – was coming across the middle. I don't know if it was Joe Germain or Stanley Jackson because they always switched on and off. Um, through that pass up the middle that was way behind Boston. Boston jumped like 10 feet in the air. But when Ray pushed him, for some reason, he just went higher. And he had no control of his body when he was coming down. And on that hard, cold, that old-ass grass you guys used to play on, when he fell down, and Marcus Ray hovered him, hovered over him. He said, motherfucker, don't you ever come to our campus talking that bullshit. Motherfucker. Called him a motherfucker. You could hear it on TV. <laughs> I heard him. We don't uh, say that on the field, don't you? Mm-mm. Oh, no, not at all, no. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I miss about the, the rivalry is, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the same team winning every year, but that, that intensity that's involved with the game. You know, I want that game to mean something again. You know what I mean? They've they've gotten the best of us for the last however many years, but yeah, but us as Michigan fans, we have a duty and a responsibility. We got to get behind these guys every year. I don't care if we've lost fifty in a row to Ohio State. Like you and Steve said, we got to toe the line and go to war with these guys, and that's yeah. I'm gonna continue to do that. It's the same thing you said about the comment you made about how could you be a Lions fan, right? Because I support the team, <laughs> you know. Every year, no matter no matter what the expectations are, every every year you got to toe the line and support the team like they're going to win every game. So That's every year in this in it. this game, you're right. You can't go into this game. A true Michigan fan wouldn't say uh, we're we're just going to get beat again. They're going to beat us. They've beat us so many years. Okay, time out, time out. <laughs> yeah, you have said that. I I understand where you're coming from. And I understand your blind loyalty towards the Detroit Lions, but I, I asked you the last time we talked about this, man. I, don't compare Michigan to to the Detroit Lions in any facet of life ever again. <laughs> I'm a, not comparing Michigan to Detroit. I don't want to. I don't want to hear the words Detroit Lions today. <laughs> with that behind us, with him here, we're not going to talk. We're not. We're not going to talk about the Detroit Lions. I, I know you're a real, you're you're a good fan, loyal fan. Okay, I, I, we get that. No more, no more, unless we're talking about the Lions. When we're talking about the University of Michigan, we will not talk about the Detroit fucking Lions. I Please, I'm asking. I'm, I'm not, asking I'm you. I'm not comparing the it's teams. Not the, it's not the set. Please I'm, I'm, don't. 
I'm don't, comparing loyalty to a team, and I'm giving that as an example because we had talked about that before. You told before. me a while back. You told me a while back, Ray, this is your show, man. Take charge. Well, I'm taking charge now. <laughs> from from here on out, when we're talking about the University of Michigan, we will not bring up the Detroit Lions because somebody could misinterpret that. We're, we're not going to th- – those two don't go together. Okay, they don't. I'll, okay, they, they don't. Okay. No more of that Detroit right. Lions All bullshit. Right. Okay, anyways, where were we? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Going into this game every year, you, you, a true Michigan fan would not have the attitude of like, oh, we're just going to lose again. A true Michigan fan would be like, this is our year. This I may have year. said this is our year for the past 10 years, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it every year, and, and it's going to happen, and we're due. Rivalry game. Throw all the records out the door. Doesn't well, matter. Yeah. Well, you know, Ohio State once lost 16 in a row to us, okay? Yeah. I mean, they overcame. I mean, even though it was a long time ago, they overcame that. You know, it was a rivalry for a long. Still a rivalry, but um, we we have the tools, we have the weapons. We can, um, you know, let's just let's take the gloves off, put the Dukes up, let's go. Because I'm going to war with them. I'm I win. I'm going down with the ship. If we lose, if we win, I'm gonna be happy. So I'm either gonna sleep well tonight or I'm not gonna sleep well tonight. No. I take this shit serious, man. And Michigan, the University of Michigan is a way of life for me, okay? I'm not a nuclear physicist. I'm not a fucking lawyer. I don't, I'm not a, you know, I don't have this high, I mean, I got a good career. I'm not, you know, knocking myself, but this is all I got. This is all I got, man. With the, the way the world is, this is all I got now, man, okay? Michigan football. Yes, and this, this, is, more than a, this is more than a game. I, I, I would love to win this game today. Against yeah. a great Ohio State, and this is a, a number two ranked. This is not a, a Luke Fickle Ohio State team. This is the real deal, Holyfield right here. Okay, I want to win today. It would it would mean a lot to me. It would mean a lot to Dre. It would mean a lot to the late Tom Harmon, our first Heisman Trophy winner. It would mean a lot to Rodney Feaster, uh, Harlan Huckleby, Leroy Horde, Tony Bowles, Marcus Ray, um, you name it. Brian Greasy, Mike Hart. Come on, man. Michael Taylor, Demetrius Brown. This is for everybody that played here. Dan Deerdorf. I go on and on. It's for all of them. No more excuses. Let's go out there and win this goddamn game. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. If you're not, if you're How not about a, that roll call, huh? You need to give the pregame impressive. speech. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We, if you're not, if you're not a Michigan or, or or an Ohio State fan, you you don't understand what this game is. There there are other games that have. Rivalries, right? Sure. The Alabama Auburns, yep. the the USC USC UCLA's, the the you know Notre Dame USC. However, whatever rivalry you want to compare to this, that's yeah, that's good. That's a rivalry game, but this rivalry is unlike is unmatched by any other rivalry in all of sports, professional, college, high school, you name it. So people outside of those these two states, they just, they just don't comprehend what it's all about yeah. and what it actually means. Yeah. I'm on the road all the time, and I'm in Ohio probably more than I'm anywhere else in Ohio. And, you know, I got my Michigan license plate in the front of my car, and, you know, I talk to some of the shop rats in there, and we just friendly fire. What can I say? What can I say to these guys, these Buckeye fans? I mean, I don't really – I mean, I talk a little shit, but I don't go all overboard, but we, you know, until we start winning – well, no, I do. I do, but probably not the way that <laughs> I was, I was right say, now. You, you no, I being, do. I, you are I do. being you. Well, no, these guys don't they don't uh they don't take it to that that next level cuz yeah. I you know, I'm always prepared for some some fool to go there, but that's fr- it's friendly, yeah. but uh yeah. And you got to have ammunition to talk shit too, you know. We've had to eat some humble pie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, like you say, yeah, yeah. 
you, you got us. We've, we've, you've been kicking our ass, but your time's going to come. Yeah, I got it. Here's I mean, a you question. Play, you play the game long enough, you're going to win some. You're going to lose. Yeah, some. the pendulum I mean, has to swing the other way at some does. point. It does. Here's a question that I don't, I don't think that we asked him the last time that we had him on the show a couple years ago. Um, if you didn't go to Michigan, where would you have went? <laughs> what offers did you have? Yeah. What? Yeah. What offers did you have? Well, oh, just to name here. a couple. I know you had a well, lot. Just but well, name a couple of them. Well, no, I have a different story. Okay. I I played football because it was fun. I love sports. But I was really thinking of academics more than anything. So um, I either wanted to major in business or engineering. So my two, my my three visits were Purdue, who was number one top in engineering. Okay. Minnesota, top in business. Okay. And then Michigan, who had both. So oh, okay. football was really not the choice. It wasn't the deciding factor. It it did in the end. Okay. Um, but uh, actually, the toss up was. Did I want to do engineering? Did I want to do business? You have top five here, you have top five here, and you have top ten in both. So I chose top ten in both. That's interesting. I didn't know that. No, that's interesting. That's a great answer. Was, was there anything? Did you have growing up playing football? I know you said play football for fun. Were but as a kid, were you a Michigan fan? Were you a fan of another team? Were you always a Michigan guy? Did you have dreams of like I want to play for that school someday? I didn't watch sports. No, no. I just had fun playing. I was a kid that went outside, played uh, football out in the street, tackle on grass, yeah. touch on concrete. Um, I didn't come in the house and watch football. I'd rather go outside and just play. Um, go to the park, play basketball, played yeah. a little soccer, swam, bowled, did all those little things, but I didn't come in the house and watch this stuff. So I was just one of those kids that just at the end of the day and thinking about it all, I just loved to compete. It didn't matter about what the sport was. I just loved to compete. It just so happened that I excelled a little bit in football. And that talent got you all the way to the NFL, playing with the New York Giants. Yeah, which, in the was, Super Bowl. which was another shot. <laughs> no, I had no aspirations of doing that as well. But that's 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 the important thing. Like, you always hear that, that line, like, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your yep. life, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You love to compete. You love to, you love to play sports, and that – you excelled at it. Yeah. You did what you loved, and it took you to the NFL. I think by by not watching, by not saying, and, and this is just me, not not anyone else. I think by me not saying that I got to do this, I got to do this to get here, to get there, I think I took all those undue pressures off of myself and just played for the pure enjoyment of the games. So I think that helped me and took took all that stress away and just helped me, helped me play. Because when it comes to getting better, I did it because I wanted to, not because I had to. That's a great way to go about things and look at things, you know. <laughs> yeah. You go play the game because you love it. Mm-hmm. Can you, you still dunk? Huh? Can you still dunk? I could dunk the hell out of a donut. <laughs> <laughs> he he has some good he has some high rise, man, on the basketball court we're talking now, man. He has some high rise, man. Oh. I still remember that game at uh I think we were playing Swartz Creek in the playoffs at Davison High School. I'm pretty sure it was at Davidson High School. You were, uh, I think, a sophomore. And Dre got the ball on a break. He, Dan, he jumped like probably four feet above the, you know, in front of the oh. free throw line. One hand, he bonked it. Didn't make the dunk, but but he sure did jump far, and he, he swung up. on that rim with one hand. Ball was way back there at the other side of the court. It's funny you should say that. You remember that, that play? I found the picture. I have the 
picture. You got I gotta have that picture, Somebody man. I gotta have that picture. Make sure like you send that. that to us so we can get if it. If you if if you send me that picture, I will make that my permanent Facebook profile. <laughs> I won't change it. If you send that to me, I, I remember that, my, man. My foot was actually in the guy's face. <laughs> Just the guy that fouled me because I got fouled. No, I got fouled. Yeah. And the, my foot was like right at the guy. Yeah, he did get fouled. Yep. My foot was right at his eye level. I said, Ooh, who was that? Were you were you were you good enough to be double sports at Michigan? Could you have played on the basketball team at Michigan? I think I mean I think you could have put me out there, I'd have competed if that's what you asked. Ne- just never never Well, interested? I mean, again, football. I didn't pursue a scholarship. I mean, Granted, I had some people in my corner and helped me out, but, I mean, if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. Okay. So you didn't pursue it. You were just no. kind of waiting for an invite. No, it wasn't so much the invite. It was – I didn't pursue it in, in, in college because <laughs> what people don't understand is you play a sport full-time all year round. Yeah, but, we, I mean, we've seen that with other football players, you know, the Tony Gonzalez and the Antonio Gates of the world, you know, playing – being a dual sport, especially with football and basketball, that seems to be the two that guys can manage. Well, football play, well, basketball players, because of their footwork, all they have to do is be tough and come on the football field because they, they're, they're naturally gifted in certain areas that apply to football, yeah. um, which makes those basketball, converted basketball player tight end guys, mm-hmm. they, they become great players. I mean, shoot, it's a ton of them like that. However... Um, I wasn't a stellar basketball player. Again, I was just a competitor out there. Um, so he was, like a, he was a real good. He was a good ball player. Trust me, <laughs> he was. I was decent. <laughs> he was. But you, like I said, it, it's it's the competitive nature. Could I go out there and play? Yeah, I'm gonna find a way to get it done. Um, I know. A lot, shoot, most of our week, Ty Streets was the only one I believe that played basketball. But he practiced. But really, he practiced football, and then went out there and played. Play basketball. I can't. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I really can't think of a whole lot of uh, two sports. Yeah, Michigan. Guys? Yeah, uh, like the like no. like a Tony Gonzalez, a guy that played two sports for Michigan basketball and football. I mean, because I know like, I know Andre Risen played both sports in college. Uh, Michigan, though, I, I can't really think of one that played both. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough. I mean, I played with a lot of All American basketball players. Played football with a lot of them, but uh, they didn't. Uh, well. Maybe Michigan's just a school like that, or like with the coaches that they've had. Maybe you know when you're playing football in Michigan, you're playing football think, in Michigan, not, and maybe the coaches think, kind of. I think Tyrone Wheatley, I think, was the on the track. track team. Now we had players right? that we had a lot of players yeah. that ran track. Yeah, but I'm trying to tell you, now Wheatley we, did the we, high jump, right? We practiced no, hurdles, hurdles. Okay, we practiced football and just went and ran in a track meet. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, we you got, guys are fast. And guys we ran are fast. in a track I mean, meet. Um, what they would practice if they did in track is practice coming out of the blocks, things like that. But other than that, they just went and showed up and ran. Can't teach speed. Interesting track story I, I heard one time about Deion Sanders, man. And because it's Deion Sanders, I believe it. If, it, if they'd have been talking about anybody else, I wouldn't have believed it. I, I think might have been college, his college days. I don't think it was high school. I think it was his Florida State days. Football practice. He's at football practice. And the track team had a meet somewhere close to the facility. He got in a cab or got in a car, and they took him to the track meet to run the 100 meters. Ran the 100 meters with his cleats on, won the race, and went back to practice. That's what I heard. (laughs) Because it's Deion Sanders, it sounds like that could be true. Yeah, it sounds like something Deion would do. Didn't he do it in 
uh, baseball. Yeah. yeah, he took a helicopter. Yeah, the uh, Falcons <laughs> Falcons had an early afternoon game, and yeah, uh, eight yeah. o'clock the Braves had a World Series game at Fulton County Stadium. Took a, he helicoptered his, he did a Batman. He fucking helicoptered his way out there. He's, he's, I think they even put that net down. You know, they, in the movies, how James Bond movie they have the net where you're in the fucking helicopter and you climb down the net and jump off. Might have been one of those. <laughs> he's uh, he's still <laughs> the only player to ever play in a a Super Bowl and a World Series, right? I. I believe so because I don't think Brian Jordan played in a Super Bowl, so I, I believe he's the only one. Yeah. You guys, you guys ever watch? I know Ray probably know, answers no, but you, you guys watch the the Manning cast. Have you guys watching that this year? I uh, watched for it Monday Night once. Football. I watched it once. So Ray, if you don't you don't know what I'm talking about, so the the NFL. Do I ever? No, I'm just I'm <laughs> joking, joking, joking. Monday Night Football. They do a simulcast on ESPN two, and they call it the Manning cast, where they have Peyton and Eli Manning. And they basically are just commentating on the game. They have different guests come on each week, different celebrities, different athletes. They had they had Draymond Green on there. I think the most recent one, the last one. And they asked him if he ever played two sports. And he talked about him try, attempting to play football for uh, Saginaw. For, Hi. No, for MSU. Oh, oh. And uh, he uh, <laughs> he tried to play tight end. And he was just got there's a, there's a they played a clip of him and he, he just, it just shows him like completely blowing the snap count and like <laughs> getting off the line way too early and he's like yeah I was just, he was garbage he he was he just couldn't do it. Can I add to that to the Manning cast? Is that what yeah. it's called? Manning cast, yeah. Okay, it's Eli and Peyton. Yeah, Dan, remember when we had Fordham on the show and we were talking about the NFL Hall of Fame and all that yeah, stuff? Of course. Do you remember what I said about Peyton Manning and that? That accent. Yeah. Okay. Okay, like you remember what I said, though, right, about him and about people that talk like that? Yeah. Why would I watch them to talk? I, I know. I, that's why I figured you probably never seen it because, yeah. You, yeah. But it was, it was funny. But, yeah. That, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you what's funny, though. It, it's actually not that bad because it gives you a different perspective, especially when quarterbacks are barking, all these signals and calls. They're telling you exactly what the quarterback's doing. Yep. And they're like, why expect this right here? It's this situation, expect this. And they're calling things out that happen. Yeah. Or they're, they're be like, why the hell would you do that on that in that situation? Yeah. Peyton, Peyton Manning's like, well, they should do this. They're in this set. They should do that or this. And that was a mistake. Should, why would you do that? And like, oh, you know, just getting out. It's a real interesting perspective to watch the game with two, uh, you know, quarterbacks at that level yeah. kind of dissecting all, all the game. I mean, those guys know what they're talking about. And you actually see it on the field. I won't knock it till I try it. I'll, I'll I'll take a peek at it. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you a good review. I I, no, I'll give I, you an honest review. I think you'll appreciate. It. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch. Let yeah, me know when it's on it. again. I'll watch. Yeah. It. It's, it's, it's it's really a coach's perspective. It, it's what they're thinking at that moment, and you're hearing it live from a guy that would be the one barking that order, that one that would be changing the call, why he's changing it, all those various things. Yeah. So you would actually like that. I and think. it's been quite a hit. You know, they've had celebrities on there. They've had, you know, athletes and stuff like that to, you know, ask them questions, commentary. Fucking Marshawn Lynch was hilarious. <laughs> Did you see Marshawn that? Lynch. Marshawn Lynch got in there was just drinking shots, took three shots, one for the, each of them. Oh, yeah. You know, cursing, <laughs> cursing on live TV. Oh, oh yeah. Marshawn Lynch is always Marshawn. Yeah. He never changes. Yeah. I don't care what the situation is. You know he came to Flint. Yeah. No. I saw that. Yeah. He came to Southwestern. 
Boo posted pictures of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came to Southwestern and talked to some of our players. You didn't holler at him, huh? Try to get him on the show? It was too late. He oh, posted. Guy, he was guy shook gone. hands with Thomas Hearns. Uh, <laughs> were you in Washington, D.C.? Where were you at? I was in uh, Auburn Hills at some rich dude's house. Didn't even bother. Didn't even fathom the idea of asking him to come on the show. No. They, so my, my coworker said. Hey, hold, on, hold on. I didn't mean to cut you off. And the reason why I bring that up is because he gets on my case not bringing people like that on the show. Here he is shaking hands, having a conversation, <laughs> drinking a cocktail with Pinky up. And he don't say shit about our show on there. Mr. Hearns did not say a word at that whole party. Then that's that's why. Like my coworker said, he's just not in the right mental health. Yeah. Like he couldn't sit and hold a conversation with anyone. Oh, okay. His just his health is that bad. He's just he was just walking around smiling, shaking people's hands and taking pictures. Like I I've seen him like in the last year or two, him and Sugar Ray Leonard have done some conventions and all that and uh I know he he doesn't speak that well. You know, he's kind of got that um what's the term I'm looking for? I don't mean any disrespect, but he's you know, punch drunk. Got that punch drunk yep. voice. And uh but him and Ray Leonard, I mean it looks like looks like they're working when they do it, but I've seen them go head to head, you know. You know, we could do this a third time and going back and forth and then there'd be guys in suits separate them. I think they're working, but he yeah. looks like he could still hit. Well, no, once a competitor, always a competitor. I don't care how old you get. Were you a fan of the Fabulous Four, Leonard Hearns, Hagler, and Duran? I know you say you didn't Again, watch much I, sports. I wasn't but. a big, but yes, yes. Who, who was your favorite of those four? Sugar Ray. Okay. Marvin Hagler for me. What about you? I would have to say Sugar Ray. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> just agree with him. I, I knew you were going to automatically. I knew you were going to automatically go against. Just I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. I'm joking. Can't go wrong with Sugar Ray. Now Sugar Ray looks good. Uh, what is it, like 64 years old? I seen him hitting that speed bag, and he he looks like he could still go a couple rounds. Yeah, he's got he's that uh, that type of personality. You know, very Hollywood. Very you know, keep himself in shape. You know, similar to De La Hoya. You know, those guys seem to not age. If I could turn back the hands of time, you know how they say knowing what you know, or if I would have knew, how's that saying go? If I knew back then what, what I, know I know now? now? Yeah. yeah. Yep, you got it. If I can turn back the hands of time and go back to like, you know, being eight years old again, so that would be 1985, I would have just boxed only and see how far I can go. I would have never played any other sports other than boxing. I would have made boxing my life. I'm not saying I would have been a pro. I'm not saying I wouldn't have been. I'm always curious how far I could have went if I would have took that. That's because that's, that's a sport that I love. I just I never did it. Mm-hmm. Just always curious, you know. Same with me. I boxed in the Army. I had the opportunity yeah. to join the post-boxing team, and um, I didn't do it because there was some rivalry between the guy that was coaching me and the coach of the post-boxing team, and – I let my pride get in the way. I, I, I was one of that too. Like I don't think I would be some, you know, Tyson Fury or anything. But it's like where where would it have taken me if I would have like started doing it full time and take it serious? You know, me, I would have worked out with a boxer. <laughs> I wouldn't have boxed, but I would have worked out with a boxer. Um, actually, when I was with the Giants, a buddy of mine was a boxer, and I trained with him one day. Man, now mind you, I was twenty five. <laughs> he was thirty two. At the time. And he said, let's go run heels. Well, I didn't care about running heels. It's Michigan Stadium. I run Michigan Stadium all the time. No problems. So I got ready to get in the car. I said, hey, let's go to the hill. He's like, what you doing, young gun? He used to always call me young gun. Young gun, what you doing? 
getting in the car. I'm going to the hill. He said, no, we're going to run to the hill. I said, run to the hill. So we commenced to running up a hill to go around the corner and come back down the hill. Make a long story short, it was two miles to the hill. <laughs> now, I'm a football player. My body's only built for this, these short bursts. Yes, right. So we get two miles to the hill. Then I'm asking him, where's the hill? He says, right here. The hill is a block long. We ran a block. Damn. So how many hills are we running? Ten. I said, I'm only running four. <laughs> so we commenced to run in the hills. I ran four. He ran ten. So he said, you on your way? You ready to go back? I'm like, okay. So we start back. We stop at the high school. He's like, where's the car? <laughs> he runs stadium stairs, and then he runs a mile on the track, sprinting the curves, jogging the straightaways. And then I'm like, man, are you done yet? Because I'm sitting there watching him do this. He does pull-ups, sit-ups. Then he says, let's go back. Then his, his daughter's riding her bike next to us while we're doing this. He says, I bet you I'll beat you home. So we're about a half a mile away from home. He just takes off sprinting. I said, wait a minute. So I get to the house finally. He's sitting on the porch eating an apple and said, welcome. Go ahead, get you some breakfast. I said, man, what kind of shape is this? This is something different. He's 32 in this kind of shape right now. So yeah. if I could have done it all over again, I actually would have worked out with a boxer <laughs> when I was younger. Because that's yeah. some unbelievable shape. If you want to get in shape, you go, go work out with a boxer. They just, they just don't do, like, you don't just run. You throw punches yeah. while you run. You throw combinations while you run. I hit a heavy do bag. All the, yeah. <sighs> My shoulders burn like it's no – matter of fact, they hurt now. <laughs> Hitting that heavy bag just for one round. He said hit the heavy bag for one round. Just one, two. That's all I did. One round. And when you're throwing punches at a heavy bag or sparring three minutes, it seems like an eternity. Yeah. It you're is. like, oh, it's just three minutes. But you're like, I'm tired. How much longer? Oh, another minute and a half. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's a different kind of shape. That's a different kind of shape. It's even a different kind of mental stamina. So that that part of the game, I, I would 100%, if I could go back and do it, that's the part I'd. I'll tell you who found out about that kind of conditioning. Dan and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about boxing in the UFC, how it's the conditioning's are different, not not better or worse, but it's different. Conor McGregor found out about boxing conditioning with Mayweather when he looked like you know he was dying in round eight, yeah. had nothing, and so yeah, box yeah, boxers are bad, bad people, man. Bad, yeah. in, you know, meaning good. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's get back to this game, Dre. Give us give us some. Memories. What are some of your greatest memories, plays, moments, um, from from the from the four games that you played in versus Ohio State? Well, uh, <laughs> give us some stories. One of the big, <laughs> most people don't understand. In, in 97, 97 was such a fun year. Actually, my whole Michigan career was was fun, but ninety seven yeah. was so fun and special. About um, most people think. We were out there very, very serious. Half the time we were in the huddle laughing, joking, trying to keep things light. But in the whole grand scheme of things, the, the group of guys that I played with, um, from the offense to the defense, playing with that selfless group, um, we called each other out. However, we played the game for each other. Mm -hmm. And um, that was such a special time. I mean, I always tell people I, I've been lucky uh, – in my football career, I played with some special teams from high school 
we played selfless football in high school. We weren't the best Flint Central school. I mean, blessed Flint Central team since I was there. Shoot, the two teams before that, you talking hands down, had way better athletes. Mm-hmm. But we were the better team because we played unselfish football. We played for each other. When I made it to Michigan, same thing. Um, and that was a culmination of our 97 defense was actually the same defense we had with the exception of a couple other guys from a freshman year that came in. So we kind of all grew together. Um, even when I made it to the Giants and we played and made it to the Super Bowl, that group of guys, they embraced all us rookies. We all hung out. We all had a good time together. So I, I've been blessed to be a part of some selfless teams, but especially in 97, um, that Ohio State game, shoot, we, we had a great old time out there. And uh, like I said, most people think you're out there. They they have a big play. So what? Who cares? Make that play the next time. That's all we say. Yeah, one of the one of the great defensive performances in it as a season total by by any team ever in college football. Yeah, and it, like I said, it was it was a great it was a great time. It was a, it was a fun bunch. And uh, most people think it was eleven. No, we played a ton of guys that year, and everybody bought in. When I when I think of that defense, the first name that always comes to my mind, Glenn Steele. I I would be afraid of that son of a bitch. First of all, I would be afraid of all of them. Yeah, they could all kick my ass. But a lot of some about, I don't some about Glenn Steele. I would sit up straight, shake his hand, yes sir, no sir. Tell talk about Glenn Steele for a minute. Glenn Steele, tough as nails, tough as nails. Wrestler, right? Wasn't he a high school wrestler? He was way before me, so I don't know. Yeah, he probably was a, he was was. a badass. All wrestler. I know is he was a big ass defensive end. <laughs> he was. He probably should have played tackle. He set the tone in that Penn State yeah. game because he got that big sack at the start, start of the game. game. Yep. And uh, something happened in that Penn State game. Somebody get hit or something? Oh yeah. Wasn't there a hit in that game? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that hit for a second. I mean, you were you, on the you field. Want me to, you want me to set the whole thing up? Set the whole thing up from the huddle. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's well, not I mean, that yeah. huddle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple plays before that. Um, again, we always challenged each other in, in yeah. 97, our defense. So, in a secondary, um, you know, there was a thing going out there is we we're all going to hit Curtis Enos above the waist. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing with the safeties. No one tackles Curtis, Curtis Enos below the waist. Now, if you know Curtis Enos, that's one big. Yeah, that's a big, big. Yeah, shit. he's a big. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, a couple plays before that hit, one of our safeties whiffed and missed Curtis Enos. They hit, tried to hit him below the waist, and I'm not going to talk about the words that was said to that guy, but the <laughs> words were put out there, and he was challenged. Now, Dadrian Taylor's a guy that when his brain clicks. It clicks. I've heard that. Yep. So, I mean, even in practice, if you make him mad, he's going to hit something. I don't care what it is. He's going to hit something, somebody, something. So his brain clicked. (laughs) So the 260-pound tight end caught the ball out the backfield. He takes off running. 20 yards. 20-yard sprint. Adrian Taylor is in the deep middle. He's only about 190 pounds, maybe 200 tops. He comes out of the deep middle. Runs full speed, and it's a head-on collision between him and a 260-pound tight end. Bob Stevenson. And he knocked that tight end out. 
The law of physics says the tight end should have won. No, that pile went sideways. <laughs> Bob Stevenson, Dan, was like 6'5", 280 of yep. solid muscle. He was like Mike Allstott, but about that size, but taller. Yeah. And and as tough, too. Yeah. And, uh, God, when I seen that hit, because you can hear the hit, and Taylor was just, you know, he was laying on his back. His fingers were moving, thank God. But Stevenson was like. He was sleeping. Look, he, it looked like he was like uh, Taylor's wife or something. You know how they sleep on your lap? Or no, like if you're laying on your back, you know how they sleep on your chest or whatever? Yeah. Stevenson was put asleep. Yep. Both players, neither player ever played a down of football after that play. Yeah, both of their careers are I'm in. glad they were both okay. Um, they were both clear. Yes. They just decided not to play the game. Yeah. When was the last time you talked to Dadrian Taylor? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. How's uh, Lloyd Carr's health these days? He, um, you ever hear about uh, Coach Carr? Um, yeah, yeah. Is he doing um, good? He, he's doing okay. Good. He's doing okay. So that's good. Miss Lloyd Carr. Who's, I know he's fired up for today. Who was your uh, defensive backs coach that year? Vance Bedford. Vance Bedford. Yes, I've heard that name before. Uh, he, he he came from us from uh, I don't know where he coached before, but he was a, a different style coach for us. Um, when I was first recruited to Michigan, we were a big cover two team, so our corners were heavy run support guys. So I was 168 pounds soaking wet. The next smallest corner was like 198 pounds. Then you had, of course, Ty Law, who was 205, who was a corner, a cover corner. Yeah. And then we had a 230-pound corner. 230 pounds what is this so <laughs> I'm a cover guy so Vance Beffer came in um uh, I think it was my third year second or third year he came in and um he's from Texas so he's his whole philosophy is I want my corners to cover and I want my safeties to tackle so when he looked over and he said that's your group over there he was like what I only have one corner over there that was me because I was the smallest guy over there He's like, I need some guys that can run. So, I mean, of course, after that, we started getting different type corners. But, uh, yeah, um, I think he's one of the greatest DB coaches ever. Um, he, he he taught us everything that he knew because he was an All-American corner himself. And um, he gave us all the tools in the toolbox and said, here you go. I gave it to you. Now you pick which one you like and which one works for you and make it happen. I, I had forgotten. Uh, I remember when you, I think you dislocated your shoulder your freshman year because I remember you had your arm in a sling. How did how did that happen? I forgot. <laughs> if Boo's listening, Boo's responsible. Oh, this is his fault. <laughs> I did it in high school against yeah. Saginaw. Boo threw an interception, and I went to go tackle a guy, and I reached my arm out, and that's when I first hurt that shoulder. That's when you initially hurt. That's it. when I initially hurt it, and then when I got to college, everybody got bigger, so. It just kept wearing. So, like, does it pop out of place a lot? Like, even to this day? Like, if no, you no, and I were to wrestle, does your oh, your shoulder no, it's fine now. I've had a dislocated. You ever had a dislocated shoulder? No. No, thankfully. Okay. Uh, my, I can't remember if it was my senior or junior year in high school. One of them years. I can't remember. I dislocated my left shoulder. When they pop my bone back in place. That has to be the worst pain. I can't imagine that there's more pain in the human body, maybe other than being on fire or something. But that, that'll make you – I don't care who you are. You'd be the toughest guy in the world. That'll make you scream. But they said uh, – the doctor said that when you dislocate your shoulder, the first time that they pop it back in, they said that's the worst pain in the world. But 
They said, you're going to have problems throughout your life with your shoulder popping out. It's not going to be painful to pop back in, only the first time. It's kind of like getting your cherry pop. You know, you yeah. pop a girl's cherry and they scream like hell. And then after that, she's fine. That's, That's the, I mean, I, no, I, I'm sorry. I know there's a kid in here. But uh, just trying to put things in perspective yeah. here. That's yeah. what it felt like. You, That's, you put it in perspective to guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Oh, man. No. Yeah. That I, I've never had that happen, but I'd like to think I'd just be like uh, 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 Mel Gibson in, in Lethal Weapon and just oh. slam it up against the wall. Well, I'm here to tell you this. Day. If you do, you know, God forbid, I hope you don't. But if you do, if Autumn is with you, tell her to leave because you're going to cry. <laughs> I know. I know you're a big muscular guy coming here with the beard and all that. No, you're going to cry. You're going to fucking cry. You tell her to leave. Say, hey, go get me a Coke at the store or something. Send her out because you're going to cry in front of her. This shit hurts. That's okay. He might get brownie points for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Believe it or not, the, the worst pain I ever felt in my life was I got a, a cat bit my finger, punctured the tendon. The tendon got infected. Oh, my finger was swole up like a, like a damn sausage. Oh, damn. I had pain all the way up to my shoulder. I had to go into the hospital. I spent the next four days, four days in the hospital on IV antibiotics, getting getting consultations from a hand surgeon every day. Those infections ain't no joke, man. I mean, it might people might say that's just a finger. No, man, I can believe how that would yeah. hurt. Had they had to give me morphine just to sleep at night. Damn, the pain was so bad. What's the worst pain you've ever felt? Physically, physical pain. Physical therapy on my knee when I had my knee surgery. A- ACL tear. Yeah, three of them. Oh, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Man. a little crazy. Just and little I feel bad for him because I tore my PCL a couple years ago. Didn't have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. I, re- uh, I remember that when you're on crutches. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And that, that hurt like hell, and it still bothers me to this day. So hats <laughs> off to you, my friend, having three ACL surgeries and re- doing physical therapy and recovery after that. But Man. you know what's funny? When I tore my ACL, it didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. It was the re- the surgeries. Oh. Yeah. Just trying to bend my leg back, get it back, get that flexion back. It's so tight. You I need, cussed my it, therapist it. out. <laughs> what? My, yeah. My therapist said, it's okay. It's okay. You can call me whatever you want. I've heard it all. You know, in, in college, I'm watching these guys. You know, I think 90% of all football players has had at least one ACL reconstruction. So I'm watching these guys on the table. And, I mean, I'm watching grown guys, big guys, just tears falling. And I'm like, wow, does it hurt that bad? <laughs> and then I had my. <laughs> that little metal, that little metal knife that they rub back and forth on your oh. on your tendons and stuff. Oh my god, oh, that that that'll make you want to punch somebody. Oh my god, because not only does it hurt, it's irritating as hell. Yeah. You know? You're awake when all that shit's going on. Don't yeah. they don't they put you to sleep for physical therapy? Oh, physical. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about surgery. I'm no, okay, physical, physical therapy. therapy. I watched okay. my surgery. Huh? I watched my surgery. They numb your leg or something? Or? Oh, you have a choice. You you can be drowsy, you can be wide awake, or you put can me out. Uh-uh. Put me put me out. Hey, if I could, if, you know what? Let me stop. If I could do it all over again, I'd be an anesthesiologist. Those are the best people ever. <laughs> they know exactly what dose it takes. I don't do needles, so when they put the IV in, I, you know, sweating like a runaway. That, that was oh, that's the worst. So. When they had, when they were about to put the epidural in my back, the doctor was like, "Hey, we're about to put the epidural." I was like, "What you gonna do with that needle?" He said, "Oh, we're about to put it in your back." I said, "No, you're not." 
They said, yeah, we have to put this in. I said, no, I'm not going to be awake for that. So the anesthesiologist said, okay. He's like, you're about to feel something cool go in your arm. So I feel something cool go in your arm. He's like, count back to 10. Count from 10. So I count from 10. I think I got to about five. Wow, you got far. And I, I went to sleep while they were rolling me over. I woke up while they were rolling me back. So I was probably out all of two minutes. Damn. I was out long enough for them to put that needle in my back. I said, that guy, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> love you, man. Who, who was the doctor? Give him a little little shout out. Who, uh, who was the doctor? Uh, the anesthesiologist. Or, yeah, I don't her know or him who, too. I don't know who that was. What, how, Genesis? or No, I was in New York. Oh, New York. Yeah. You don't usually get introduced to those people, like the <laughs> the nurses or the the anesthesiologists. You see the doctor, you know who's performing your surgery, but all the other people that do all the other little things, you 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 know, they're just in the room. Yeah. And you're like, who are you? Night night. Okay. Shit, man. If that were <laughs> if that if you were to if that were to happen now in New York, man, maybe Doctor Yushimba Buford Buford could uh, perform your operation or something. Uh, Ain't he a doctor in New York or something like that? Doctor no, Ushimba, isn't he in Texas? Oh, okay. I, I know he's out of state. Yeah, he's a doctor though, right? Doctor Buford. Yeah, but I think he's a psychologist or some, a psychiatrist or something. Oh, okay. Different kind of doctor. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know. I know he's. A, I got the doctor part he, right. I don't right. think I got he's the an orthopedic right. surgeon. Okay. <laughs> I miss. I miss that guy, man. <laughs> now hold on. I got to talk about another. Let's go back to 1997. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about that season without talking about Tim Dwight. Tim Dwight. <laughs> Just talk about him the for, biggest, for a minute. Biggest guy I've ever seen. He had the biggest arms I've ever seen. That guy, that guy, damn near fucked our whole season up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the Iowa but game? That was we the, almost lost at home against Iowa. Tim nope. Dwight, little white guy. Nope. Oh man, he was probably the probably for three hours, probably best player in the world that day. Yeah, ran a punt return back right right before the half. I remember the name. He was wide receiver, right? Yeah, I think he played for. Atlanta. The pros was Atlanta. it Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah. The Falcons. Atlanta. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was a badass. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other memories that day. I know. I don't want to get into Nebraska, Michigan stuff, but I I, I have to acknowledge I have to acknowledge something. Two common opponents that year. Mm-hmm. Okay, Colorado and Baylor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just look at the scores. Look at what Nebraska, what their scores were, and look what we did to them. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm just, I'm yeah. just acknowledging it. I'm not saying that's what makes us better. And that's, I'm just saying we had two common opponents. That, one of those teams we shut out. Can't remember if it was Baylor, or Colorado. We, Colorado, we blew them out first game of the year. Lee Corso put that fucking Colorado hat on and was all dancing around, jumping on the tables with his stupid ass. But yeah, we end up. His, you wish you had his telephone number right after that. Time. I actually like Lee Corso <laughs> now, but I, you know, if you're gonna pick against Michigan, that's fine. You want to put the buck I had on? That's fine. Don't be acting stupid on there. An old ass fucking always yeah. talking about Burke Reynolds and fucking playing with him in Florida State, but but yeah, um that Baylor and Colorado scored a lot of points on they put a lot of points on Nebraska. I don't know. That's just I just gotta I had to throw well, that I'm, in. I'm, I'm, Not uh, to mention the the kick that the illegal kickball yeah. that shouldn't have been yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. But, like Brian Greasy said, we didn't have any games like that. No, but I mean even if you look the the, the big the type of football that the Big Ten played. Nebraska was tailored for what we did. So they like to run the football. We love to defend the run. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about playing Nebraska and their high power running attack, hey, come on. We love that. Strength on we strength. We love that style of football. So um, actually, it would have been tailored just well for us. Here's what I wondered, man. Uh, if I could talk to a Penn State fan, like a real, like a knowledgeable fan, 
I would want to know what they would think about in 1994 when they went undefeated and got nothing to show for. They weren't even co-national title. Nebraska was just outright. That Kajana Carter, uh, what was it, Kerry Collins, Kerry Collins, Kyle Brady, and all them. I always wondered why that Penn State didn't get a share of the national title when they went undefeated in the Big Ten. That's a good question. That's a very good question. Auburn, uh, no, not Auburn. Uh, was it Auburn? 2004. Auburn went undefeated. Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, nothing to show for it. I don't know. It's just weird yeah. how stuff like that works out sometimes. That's the system. That's the system that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and that's the that's the system I hate about college. I love college football, but I hate college football for that reason. It, it, there's not a real, you know, the way they decide a champion is – it's all politics. and I mean, it's, it's going to be tough no matter how you look at it. Even the playoff system today is tough. I mean, look at all the teams in the top six legitimately should be able to play each other right now. This, this year, this year alone is, is the, the example for an expanded playoff, right? Because you have so many teams with one loss, so many 10 and 1 uh, teams, 9 and 2 teams, a lot of teams up there at the top that you're like, how could you pick just four of these teams to play for a championship? You got you got to expand the playoffs. You have you have five Power Five conferences, only four playoff spots. That doesn't make no fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're hoping that what you you have Ohio, you have Michigan. One's going to knock each other off right now. Um, Alabama, Georgia is going to meet each other in the playoffs. That's I an elimination. Yep, that'll be an elimination. That's an elimination. Yep. So yeah. I mean, it's real, but but still, arguably arguably saying it, it, it might be right. <laughs> If Georgia beats Alabama, do you take Alabama out? You have to. I, I know you have to, but what's the one year they lost and ended up winning it? Wasn't it a year they, they lost in the – was it they the, lost to Georgia the, in the conference? They, they lost in the yeah, conference championship game. Yeah, but they went to the playoff. But that was, their, that was their one only loss, though. Okay, but this, now – This is going to give what, them two what losses. If, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Do you leave Georgia in there? Yes, Absolutely. Okay. Okay. What? What that, if there, that's tough? What? What if a scenario ever comes where this game here, Michigan Ohio State? Let's say one team is ten and one, the other is eleven and zero. Let's say Michigan's eleven and zero, and Ohio State's ten and one. If we lose forty-one to forty at the horseshoe, we we eliminate it, or we? How does that work? If you're that, those those games at the end of the year, especially those games. I mean that's kind of what happened to Michigan State this year. You you lose a a close game to a top ten team, maybe a rival. It, it's a loss, but it's not going to be held against you with the weight of losing to unranked Purdue the very next week, right? You play in the conference championship. You're Alabama. You've been two or three all year playing against number one undefeated Georgia, who sat there all year. Who's the, supposed to win? Who's supposed to of win? Course. According to one and three, one's supposed to be three, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's a loss, but it still only gives them one loss. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be number one. They may fall back to number three. You know what I mean? Depending on how this game goes. But we could end up with both Alabama and Ohio State out of the playoff. Yeah. Just because who else is there? Yeah, you're you, right. You've got. Georgia, you've got undefeated Cincinnati still, you've got Michigan, you've got Notre Dame Notre sitting Dame there. Notre Dame knocking on the door. 
Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't know why. Oklahoma, no. they got one or two losses right now. Um, shit, I can't remember. A lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot right. of experts are picking them to lose to Oklahoma State today. So yeah. th- this could be an elimination, yeah, like an State official elimination game for I them. Can't remember if they have one or two losses? Yeah, but yeah, then what do you do? You know, know. what if if we beat Ohio State today, and then we have to wait to the SEC championship game to see Alabama lose? If they lose to Georgia, that's two losses. Well, we still with, have a, with yeah, the I other mean, team, if we win today. We have to jump. Then you're talking we have about to jump Cincinnati. You putting in like, yeah, Cincinnati, <laughs> who doesn't belong Cincinnati. there, by the way. They're undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. They got that one win they against Notre Dame Dirt. early in the season. So now, what makes Notre Dame credible if Cincinnati beat them? Right? Do they? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, not to mention, uh, speaking of Notre Dame, not to mention they beat the University of Toledo by five points at Notre Dame Stadium. Fuck Notre. Dame. So then, so then you have two two lost Alabama. And what one lost Notre Dame sitting there? Who do you put in? I'm putting in Alabama to be honest. Right? I'm just saying. <laughs> Alabama's track record says you deserve to be there. Speaking of Notre Dame, now that I got you here, here's here's something I've always wanted to know. For me, for me personally, first my two school, first major school that recruited me. Really? Yeah. Coach Yelovich called me on the telephone. Oh shit! Time. Yeah. Okay, oh my go god! Ahead. What school was that? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. That's what I, that's I can't say that I knew that. Where was I going with this? My bad. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. For me, this is every year. It's never going to change. I know we don't play Notre Dame every year, but for me, Notre Dame and Ohio State games are my big games of the year. That's when we have Notre Dame on our schedule. I'm not comparing the Notre Dame-Michigan rivalry to that rivalry, obviously. But since you played in a Michigan, uh, the blue-gold game, okay, the, for me, I'm only speaking for myself here. It always seems like that game right there, more than any game in the country, the pads just click a little differently. It's such a serious game. This is a rivalry, like I'm a, you know, a whatever. That's a four-quarter fist fight. This, the Michigan-Notre Dame game is more... You know, suits and stiffs, and I'm one of those stiff fans. I am. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, it's a prideful game, but it's, that's it's a, nowhere that, near what, a, what is that? What is that game like, Michigan-Notre Dame? Especially when both you guys are good. That's a, I mean, because that's a serious rival. It's not a, like a talking back and forth. That's a serious rival. Like, you know, we think we're better than you. We're not. We're better than you. What's, what's that game like? Well, uh, it, it's, it's an early game. It used to be an early game. Yeah, usually like week third. two, yeah. Because it was usually around my birthday. Desmond Howard made that catch on fourth and inches on my birthday. It, it's one of those games to 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 see where you really are because you're playing a, a, a good quality opponent. Um, where does your team measure up at this? Because that first game, every all the jitters, all the other stuff, you might be playing a a, a smaller team and beat them by forty. Yeah. So that's that doesn't tell you where you really are. Right. You play a team like Notre Dame early. Now you know exactly where you are at that point. And what it actually, that game kind of tailors the season. So it, it kind of gives you, it, it lets you know exactly where you are and where you're going to be. Um, not saying that your team won't get better, but where are we today? Because the sky's the limit. You beat a Notre Dame, you beat a good quality Notre Dame team, the sky is the limit. Does, does Notre Dame belong in the Big Ten? 
They can come on to the Big Ten. Oh. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, do they? Do you feel that they well, belong in the well, Big Ten? Well, let's talk about what does "belong" mean. I mean, like, did, did people think Penn State belonged in the Big Ten? Yeah, I'm saying because of their region and because of their style of football, they're they're a Big Ten team. They're no? wide open now. Notre Dame's wide. Well, I know open. they're here. They're there. The basketball teams in the ACC. Football team still fucking independent. <laughs> Just pick a fucking conference. Make those guys get in a conference. It's the money. You know it's what I mean? the money. They're, they're, <sighs> they have their own network. Who cares? Their, their football team will never be in a conference as long as they have that contract. Yeah, unfortunately, Dre's right. They, they're not. I, I agree with both of you here. Um, I mean, I mean, come, all it takes is keep, for them to keep them out of the playoffs. You know what I mean? If they switch to a structure where, you know, if you win your conference, you're in the playoffs. Right, mm-hmm. the only chance Notre Dame would have was to like just be good because they're not in a conference. You got they because the well, stipulations is not the best. The next six best teams out of certain conferences or the second place teams or whatever, which is should be, but they'll always have a chance. But if they say you're not in a conference, you don't get in the playoff. That's what it's going to have to take. Yeah, yeah, they'll find a way to squeak through there because um, <laughs> actually be, being in a conference to them too, you, you come and play in the Big Ten. You have to play every week. It, it's tough. It's yeah, tough. That, I mean, they have their their schedule bounces around. They go here, 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 and here, and play all these different teams. However, uh, the old Notre Dame used to run that schedule, and that schedule was tough because the SCs were tough. The every every team they played was tough. Now it's kind of college football is starting to even out to where those big schools that used to be real real good aren't mm-hmm. as good as they used to be. But doesn't that give you a little bit more credibility? Now, I, I know they have the freedom to play, you know, the USC's, the, you know, the the Michigans, the Michigan States, the other teams and other conferences. But when you're when you're fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the season, doesn't being in a conference and facing those conference rivals every year doesn't that give you a little bit more credibility as far as your schedule goes? Yes and no. Um, they play so much different type of football. You get locked in a conference, you're going to see this style of football every week. Big Ten, you're going to see run, power run, every week. Notre Dame goes and plays power run. They go and play spread. They go and play this. They go and play that. And if you beat all those different styles of football, to me, actually, you're you're more diverse and you're more credible to me than if you're just in a conference that just plays run. You're in a con. You can defend anything. You can play against anything. One of the biggest things for us, we're a Big Ten school. We go to bowl games, and this is my opinion, purely my opinion. We go to bowl games and we see a different style of play. We're not used to that. So it's tough to adjust a lot of the times. Um, I'll tell you, going out and playing Washington State, that was a bitch of a game. We never seen five wide receivers. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we we just had a defense that could adapt at the moment, but – that was a very tough game. Luckily, we were able to put the pressure on Ryan Leaf. But those five wide receivers running all over the place, man, it's shit, it looked like little guys scurrying all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. But, you know, Notre Dame goes and plays a team like that. Then they'll come play a Big Ten team where we're yeah. pounding the ball down. So, I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things where I think having that adjustment it makes you more. It makes you credible to me. You're able to adjust to every team you play. Um, to me, it wasn't until Joe Tiller brought Penn State and the five wide receivers that the Big Ten was able to adapt to all of this spread stuff. 
to be honest. You know, so that's just my opinion. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, give us give us one anecdotal or like the this, this game against Ohio State. Give us one either great, your most memorable on the field moment, play, whatever it is, or some anecdote those with Ohio State. Let me see. I, I I won't say my interception. I won't say that. What I will actually say is Charles Woodson's punt return. Yeah. Charles Woodson's punt return. That was that year in 97. But I'll even go as far as saying, you might remember this, the interception he got against Terry Glenn. Break, break that down a little bit for us. In that same game? No, 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 no. Two years before in Michigan State. 95? Yeah. Terry Glenn. God rest, argue, God rest God his God soul, rest Terry Glenn. Arguably right? one of the best receivers oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. college football to play the game. Mm-hmm. And Charles Woodson came in and played an unbelievable performance that game, but had a key interception on Terry Glenn where he literally jumped over Terry Glenn's head and caught the ball. And it Damn. changed the, the perspective of the game. I think there's a picture. You know what? Now that he's uh, – I'm having a hard time remembering the actual play, but there's an image. Because the way he just described that, the way he's jumping over him, and th- there's an image that I've seen. I know what he's talking about now. That was a Bianca Patuka game. Yep. I know okay. what he's talking about. All right. And Charles then, Woodson, all Big Ten first team as a freshman. Yeah. And congratulations to Charles Woodson for Hall of Fame. NFL Hall of Fame. Yep. Man. Congratulations. Yep. Yeah, it's, he's Charles was one of those names. And you, when you think of Michigan, he's like one of the what top two, three names that people say instantly, right? You yeah. think of Michigan, you think of that guy, right? Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard. Uh, yeah, the I, the first name comes to my mind is Charles Woodson when I when I hear Michigan when I hear the the words Michigan football. Woodson's first name comes to my mind. Yeah, we 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 should we were talking about that uh, on Thanksgiving actually talking about you know retiring numbers in in college football and how you know they don't do that and I'm like man no one should ever wear the number two at Michigan ever again. Well, it, it'll it'll get to be um, so much not retired, but you'll have to have permission to wear that number. Yeah, I wonder why we don't do the number one thing anymore, where you you have to earn the right to wear the number one. We don't really we don't do that anymore. Like I mean, you know, Andrew Anthony, who I love, true freshman, yeah, wears number one. You know, uh, we don't well, do I, that. Well, I don't know. Did they do that? What? Did they just give him one, or did he have to seek well, permission? Like, well, why Braylon would you? Edwards? Why would you let a true freshman wear number one? Usually, you don't wear number one till like your junior or senior year. Who said that? That's the way that they used to do it <laughs> after the Anthony Carter days. Like Braylon, Braylon Edwards. Edwards had to get permission. Yeah, it yeah. didn't matter when it was. Braylon Edwards had to get permission. Greg McMurtry did, uh, didn't wear number one the entire time. He wore it his senior year. Uh, Derek Alexander, another guy, wore number one. Braylon Edwards, who we just said. But uh looks so, like they don't do that anymore. So who would Anthony have asked? Who was the last guy You got to post Braylon Edwards? I would, have to, think, Braylon I would Edwards. have to think if you're not asking the, the administration, probably Anthony Carter, I guess. Yeah, you have to literally. But didn't Edwards you gotta, wear You got to literally ask Anthony. You got to ask him, you know. But does that permission get passed down? Because Edwards was the last to kind of last great receiver to own number one, to wear number one, uh, not own it. But I would have to think. I mean, I think Funchess, I think Funchess wore number one. Oh, yeah, he but, did. But, That's uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious on if they still honor that. Like, you know, you that, that that would be a good question. Yeah. I mean, it, it it 
to me, certain things are special. Certain things should be sacred. Yeah. Um, you, you should earn those things. Well, I'm glad we went back to putting the decals on the back of the helmet. So I like those. But yeah. they're, they're different, though, now. Because they used to be, didn't they, like, little Wolverines? Now, when no, you look little, at them now, they're, like, all different. I thought they were little footballs. Well, whatever they are, they were all the same. Oh, they were Wolverines. I yeah, I thought no, they were, I mean, they were now, like, little, but they were shaped like footballs. Yeah. But, uh, but now, watch it today. When you look at them now, a guy that has a whole bunch of shit in the back of his head, they're different. They're all different. Hmm. Maybe for different things. Different stickers for different things. I different guess. On the field conference. Every coach puts their spin on things. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you got a, did you, did you get a trivia question for us? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, um, I'm going to take a look at my phone real quick. Cause <laughs> I got so goldfish I, memory, but I, I, <laughs> give, give Ryan a little intro here. Let, let yeah, people so, know who this so, is. So, uh, you know, we, we used to have Mason helping us out with the show, but, um, we brought in, uh, damn. I, Ryan Ryapel. Hey, yes. you said it right Lord, for the first oh time. Goodness. We brought in. <laughs> he didn't uh, know yourself. your first name. <laughs> no, I knew his, I was thinking of his. I was oh thinking of his God. last name. French. Ryan French. Ryapel. We brought in Ryan. Uh, Ryan's a student at Davidson High School. Uh, is a student of uh, our good friend Randy Scott. Uh, works at the Davidson High School uh, Television Studio, and uh, he was excited to come help us out. He helped us out in a pinch when I was uh, when I was out with COVID. And uh, he's like, man, this is fun. I'm going to come back and do this with you again. So uh, it's good to have you here, Ryan, helping yeah. us out on the, on the backside of things. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. But I asked, I asked Ryan, it's kind of something we wanted to start doing, uh, you know, trivia at okay. the end of the show. And I told Ryan to come up with a trivia question, so we're all going to give it a crack and see. Uh-oh. Now, make sure, you let them, make sure you let them know when you do these trivia questions. I don't have any idea what the trivia question no. is. I don't want people we thinking t- that I'm making, you know, tell I Ryan, knew the answer already. We tell Ryan what topic we're talking about. Okay. And I say, come up with some yeah. trivia question okay. in this topic. So none of us know what the question even is. Oh, you don't even know. I don't even oh, know. Oh, okay. Nope, I don't just, me. okay. just me. Okay. Okie dokie. All right. So... Michigan and Ohio State have had a long history, as we both know. Sure. When was the very first time that they met? Ooh, Ryan coming out the gate swinging. I can. I, <laughs> I know I'll be in the ballpark. I don't think I'll guess. I don't. I, I won't know the exact year. I'll be in the ballpark Let when they see. first met. Okay. The very first, first game. game that they have ever met each other. I'll give you a little hint. Hold on, is, no, 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 I, I don't want no hints. You don't I, want no hints. I want no hints. I want a hint. <laughs> Nah, I don't give a shit. Nah, don't give him no fuck. If you don't know, you don't fucking know it. Give him no fucking hint. Dre and um, I want to hit me with his headphones. Give him. Hold on, hold on. I okay. I'll give you a hint. I know that it was in the eighteen hundreds. I tell you that much. That's a well, fact. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, no, no, because. Because remember, two thousand three was the hundredth game. Yeah. That's so you were already in my head was going eighteen hundreds, but. So, like, naturally, people would think, okay, well, 1903 or 1904 must have been the first game, and that's not the case because there was a couple years in the 20th century where they didn't play. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what the reason was. but So, like, in the last 120 years, they, like, didn't play each other, like, five times. So, I know it's in the 1800s. I know I'm right on that. That's a fact. Yeah, I'm so, going to say – I'm going to say eight – I'm going to say 1897. Ooh. I'm going to go a little closer. I'm going to say 1903. Okay. <laughs> I just told you. I just did. Listen to the word I just said. What the fuck? You spoiling? What? He said it was in the 1800s. He said it's in the 1800s. I just said. It is in the 1800s. <laughs> okay. Wah, wah, wah. See, this is where you play the wah, wah, oh, yeah, wah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just said I know for a fact 100% it was in the 1800s. And he said, yeah, I know. But then you go and say, then he said 19 or something, man. 18, 
1897. That's only three years from that, you know, the, the new millennia or the new uh, century. Okay. Well, he, okay. Whatever. <laughs> well, you will be because the correct answer was 1897. It was October 16th, 1897. Good job, Ray. Wow. Who wow. won? That who, was a. Wow. Who won? I knew Michigan I was in the ball, but I got, got lucky on that one. Wow. Didn't they win the first 16? I think they won the first 16 meetings, so they did win that game. I have to do my research. Yeah. Well, I know they had a 16 game <laughs> winning streak, but I believe that they won the first 16 meetings. So you, you wait a second. You had that question prepped, and you didn't, you not, you didn't think to check who won the game. No, I know who won the game. It was 34 0. They won in the second half. Michigan, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I know who said, won the game. I thought you said we, I had to we do We were research. already playing football. We were already playing football. What are you talking about? Michigan was. What, in the 1800s? You mean. We've been playing football longer than Ohio. Oh, you mean as far as like having oh, a football yeah, yeah, program? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Good. Now, here's something, here's something you may not have known. And I don't know the exact year. It might have been 1900. I really don't know the oh, exact you year. Oh, you know. But did you know that Michigan is the first team to win a national title outside of the Ivy League? Because if, if you look at the history, like the first 50 national titles, Harvard, Yale, Yale, Harvard, Harvard, Yale, Yale, Brown, Cornell, Harvard, Harvard, Yale, for like 50-something years, it's just Ivy League shit. And then we won in 1900. And, First non-Ivy League school to win national championship. Yes, first non-Ivy League school to win national. Learn something new up. every day. Got to look that up. And what? Look that up. <laughs> he wants you to fact check, Rick. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you now you know me better than that. <laughs> you know me better than that, man. I just told me. You just told me before the show not to do that, and then you did it on camera. Yeah. The quote of all. Listen, man. What made this episode great? Is me and Ryan both said yes? It's a hundred percent in the eighteen hundreds. Yes, Ray, you're right. And he still said nineteen oh three. I was I was thinking I wasn't paying attention when I heard you. I didn't hear you guys. That's say funny, that. man. Okay. You know that, that blooper right. reel you're always saying you're gonna make. That, that's that's number one, there man. All right. Uh, well, it's it's close to game time. Uh, we got to get things prepped. We're gonna watch the game here after the after the episode. Play us out with that fight song one more time, Ryan. Uh, Dre, we appreciate you being on here, on here, man. Last minute, thank you. And uh, go blue, go blue. I hope you saved your appetite. Huh? We're gonna be eating good, eating some pizza. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to watch my figure. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Well, this is gonna come out probably on Tuesday, and uh, we hope uh, we have a uh, the outcome we're looking for. But uh, go blue. I hope, we, I hope Michigan wins today, and we get on to that playoff. Yes, sir. Let's do it. I'm All ready. right. Let's rock and roll. We'll see you guys next time. Good job, Drake.